Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. So, are we allowed to be excited now? Are we allowed to be optimistic now? Are we allowed to be hopeful now? Because I I feel like we should be based off of at least a few things that we saw go down this past weekend at SummerSlam. Was it a perfect show? No. I I think it would have been a a, a big ask for Triple H to take a card that he didn't put together and and, and make it into one of the biggest shows of of the entire year. I think it was a good show. few lull spots in the middle, but how it started and how it ended, holy shit. Just strap in, folks. SB3, I, I feel pretty damn good about what I saw this weekend. Uh, this is this was Triple H's first shot to set the tone, and I think he did it in a in a big, big way. It was a good show. Uh, I, I used the word hopeful over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel because, yeah, like how the show opened and how, it sh- how the show ended, it did show a lot. There was stuff that I absolutely hated on the show as well. Sure. Uh, and I wish that we could have gotten at least one result that showed that Triple H was in charge. I know we got a couple of returns, which were great. That kind of showed that Triple H can have a direction and he'll go a different way than what Vince McMahon did. I wish we would have gotten some um some results that showed that as well. And the opening and beginning, the uh, beginning and the ending of the show did feel like a WWE takeover event for the main roster. The middle of the show was not. So I can't say that SummerSlam felt like SummerSlam takeover because it just didn't in the middle portion of this show. It went on a, a steep decline, but it did come back up by the end. Yeah. And look, I mean, Triple H was handed the reins a week out from SummerSlam, and he literally did what he could with the hand that he was dealt, right? Like, he was given this card and said, all right, go out and do what you're going to do. And he did make, he did put his stamp on it. You could tell he made changes and he made decisions based on how, on what his vision is going to be moving forward. Case in point, in, in the opening, like, what, 25 minutes of SummerSlam, we get, Bianca retaining, which was the right call. Becky turning babyface, which was the right call. Bailey is back. On top of that, so is Dakota Kai and Io Shirai. Now Io Sky has been uh, signed to a main roster contract. That was his first 25 minutes of SummerSlam. That was all Triple H's decisions. I don't think a whole lot of those would have happened if Vince McMahon was still in charge. I think maybe Bianca retains. I think that's the only thing. Maybe Bianca retains. And honestly, it might have been a 20-second match instead of the uh, eight, 15-minute uh, uh, match that we got instead. Now, there is some concern about Becky Lynch's shoulder. Uh, she landed straight on that damn thing about three minutes into the match and was heavily favoring it. She was able to finish. Uh, when I was watching it live there in person, it looked like there was a couple of spots where she had some issues uh, posting. You know what I mean by posting on vertical suplexes and things like that. But then on the watchback, it wasn't nearly as noticeable. So. 
I don't know. I'm concerned about that. But just the fact of everything that they set up there with Bailey coming down, you've got this faction. And then all of a sudden it's like a three on one moment there. And then Becky rolls back into the ring with all of the only I can bully my little sister energy, right? Like she just got right back <laughs> up in their face and was like, all right, you want to go, you want to go, let's effing go. And they back away. So now we got a really interesting dynamic built there on raw. None of that happens if Vince McMahon is in, is, is in control. Hell, I think it was PW Torch who said that uh, he Vince was booked, that was, was pitched, that Bailey faction, and a lot of variations of it, and he turned it down. That's what gives me hope, is that there was one of Triple H's first calls was to Dakota Kai and said, get your ass back here, let's go. And I'm very happy for Bailey, by the way, because she has wanted to work either against or with Dakota Kai for a very, very long time, and now she's going to get her opportunity to do it. Yeah, I'm happy. Definitely the AAA stamp was with Dakota Kai getting re-signed and getting called up to the main roster, and Io Shirai, now Io Sky, getting called up to the main roster. But, uh, I mean, maybe the ba- maybe the Becky Lynch babyface turn as well, you could say, is the Triple H stamp. But Bianca Belair was winning regardless if Vince McMahon was in charge. And Bailey was coming back regardless if Vince McMahon was in charge. And I would say that this SummerSlam was better than last year's SummerSlam, but it's not even WWE's best show of the year. I think Vince McMahon was in charge of WrestleMania uh, 38 night one, which is still better than this show. This show was on par with Hell in a Cell. That was also with, with Vince McMahon in charge. But like you said, got to give Triple H time. He was kind of given the, the keys to drive this broken down card that is the WWE main roster. And all he has to do is just pimp this ride out a little bit. Get a new new coat of paint, a nice interior, and he's all set to go. But I, I, I think that it is okay for fans to be hopeful with the signs that we saw at the beginning of the show and as well as the main event of the show. Yeah, the main event, which we'll get to, was was very, very surprising because to me, there were there were quite a few people who were in the press box who did not stay for the main event. Some of them had other obligations to go to, but it, it definitely felt like there was a contingency of people there who just were not interested in the main event. And then the way that that match was was laid out, produced by Michael Hayes. For the love of God, man, they used mid-match. Brock Lesnar lifts up the ring 15 feet in the air with a damn tractor with Roman Reigns falling off the top like he was jumping off of a sinking Titanic, right? Like this was the most insane thing I have ever seen. It takes wrestling has been around for 50 years plus, man. It's hard to come up with shit we haven't seen before. I ain't ever seen anything like that. I don't think we're ever going to see anything like that. That was so incredibly dangerous uh, using that tractor there. And the beauty thing about that was, man, I saw people on Twitter saying, uh, let's not have tractors there anymore. This is kind of a dud, yada, shiva, blah, blah. And then not two seconds later is Brock lifting that damn, that damn ring up and Roman going and flying out. The main event was absolutely incredible. Uh, and we'll dive into all of that. We do appreciate everybody who's tuning in. Love to get uh, your comments on how you're feeling uh, after uh, SummerSlam. Are you as hopeful? We don't hear SP3 drop that word. Like I was listening to him on True Heel Heat yesterday, and he dropped that. I'm sitting there in my Airbnb eating my breakfast, and he dropped the word hopeful, and my mouth just hit 
the damn granite countertop that I was eating on. It was unbelievable. I'm going to ask all y'all a question, and I'm going to have SP3 kind of compound on this because I'm stealing a question that he brought up on the show yesterday. But before before we go anywhere, I got to thank our partners over at Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, events with the first to market odds and lines. Get all the news and reviews for every league, Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting to props and futures. Get on over to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device to join. Make sure you're fourth uh, and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is B-L-E-A-V-5-0. Bet Online, where the game starts. We talked about Triple H. Now in charge, I think he did remove, if not all of the doubts, a lot of the doubts that that he was absolutely calling the shots. Again, with the, the, the Bailey faction, the fact that Ronda Rousey has turned heel, Becky Lynch has turned babyface, Edge was going to turn uh, babyface anyway uh, based off of that. But it seems to me that there were a lot of wrongs that, ha- that were righted in, in one night. And that's why, SP3, when you asked this question yesterday on your show, Choose one word to describe how you feel about WWE following SummerSlam. You said hopeful. You had brought that up already. My word is affirmation. Because we have been talking about this ad nauseum for the last year. About how WWE is just doing things that don't make sense. They are just doing things for shock value and not whether or not they're the best move for the company. And that includes bringing Becky Lynch back at last year's SummerSlam. That was the right move. Turning her heel, that was the wrong move. Bringing Ronda Rousey back at the Royal Rumble and going, oh, look at that pop that she got. We got to make her a baby face now. That was the wrong move. All right. Like doing things like that, just confusing the hell. They didn't bring Bailey back as a babyface last night, even though people were excited to see her back. I do think that was the right move. Triple H came in and immediately was like, okay, we need to fix some things for the betterment of the show. And I have been on record saying over the last year, I think Becky Lynch has done the best work in her career from in-ring, character, everything. I have loved this heel run. But you saw it at SummerSlam. The reason why this heel turn hasn't been as what everybody hoped it would be is because, to your point, everybody for the last year has wanted to cheer Becky Lynch. All it took was Becky Lynch going into the ring, standing next to Bianca Belair, and saying, let's fucking go. And what happened? You had, allegedly, 48,000 fans in Nashville, Tennessee. It was really like 35. You had like 48,000 fans in Nashville, Tennessee, chanting Becky immediately. You now have what Triple H has done in the course of a night has set up. You have Becky, Bianca, and Liv as top-level baby faces. Ronda's back to being a heel. Bailey is back to being a heel. Charlotte is right around the corner from coming back. So now all of a sudden you got three top-level baby faces. You got three top-level heels. You've got a, a, an exciting faction coming around here little subtle changes stuff that we said that they could do to make this show better that we've been talking about for a year triple h in one week makes all those changes and affirms everything that we've been talking about for the last year so that's the word that i feel because i've been using hopeful for the last since we've been doing this show 
I'm Mr. Hopeful. I'm Mr. Optimistic because that's all I had to cling to. Now that for me, that has just grown exponentially. Um, I still have my doubts, but yeah, sure. I think hopeful, sure. hopeful is a, is a good word to go by because of that opening segment. And, you know, you talked about Becky Lynch's heel run. It's only worked for four months. It's only got good right before Russell WrestleMania, like between the, the lead of you and Everything the lead up to be that took eight months. That's too much time. <laughs> that's too much time. That's too much time for for sure. them to finally get on board and her to hit her stride on a heel turn. And she turned heel last August, and it wasn't until March of this year that it actually started connecting. That's way too much time. They this was Triple H basically playing course correction. You put you put Becky Lynch in her proper her proper status as a babyface. Like I said, this is not insulting Becky Lynch for what she did as a heel she did the best she could with what she was given but she's not a heel she's one of the best baby faces that wwe's ever had johnny gargano did pretty well as a heel in nxt it didn't take away from the fact he's much better as a baby face becky lynch is just much better as a baby face and you saw that at money in the bank when fans were cheering for her more than they were even cheering for Liv morgan it wasn't until Liv morgan won and everybody was like yeah, I always wanted that. No, y'all were cheering for Becky the entire fucking matchup. But um, <laughs> but it, even in this matchup against established babyface Bianca Belair, at one point in the middle of the match, people were chanting Becky already because of it. Mm-hmm. They were cheering for Becky. She was fighting through injury. That's a gutsy performance. And when yeah, she well. shook Bianca Belair's hand, I thought that that was the perfect ending because the feud basically ended how it started with the handshake. The handshake and Becky Lynch turned heel in 2021. And then here in the handshake, it confirmed her going back to her natural position in life, in wrestling. It yeah. is a baby face because people want to cheer Becky Lynch. And I thought, I thought Bailey should come back as a baby face because I just think Bailey's better as a baby face. But Bailey finally caught her stride as a heel when the fans left during the pandemic. She deserves the opportunity to try to get over a heel act in front of the fans, and she did great during the pandemic. So I'm I'm op- I'm more open to this than I was with Becky Lynch turning uh turning heel last year. I think it was great for her to come back in her same role, but with some backup, because this is very much similar in in stable form to when Sasha Banks and Charlotte and Becky Lynch were called up to the main roster and Sasha was put with Naomi and uh, Tamina established X on the main roster. Uh, Becky, Becky and Charlotte were put with Paige. Paige also, you know, brought up Absolution with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. And now you have Bailey kind of playing that Paige role of yeah. bringing up to to uh, you know NXT acts to the main roster. And I love the fact that Io Io Shirai Io Sky is finally on the main roster because this is where she needs to be. She's one of the best female talents in the world. But more importantly, the biggest surprise for me was Dakota. Kai because Dakota yes. Kai was released inconspicuously uh, in April for our for I don't know what reason because she has always been one of the anchors of that woman's division in NXT because Vince I'm didn't so see glad. anything in her that's that's what she had how I'm many so, main I don't so get glad it man. She's back. 
I'm so glad she's back. She she needs to be here. I, I'm happy she's going to get her shot, an opportunity. And we know with Triple H is going to be different from Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon, if it took three weeks and, and Dakota Kai wasn't over, he just gave up on them. We know that Triple H is going to have and is going to give her an opportunity to get over with the fans. And it just feels so refreshed. And for the first time since NXT in about February of last year, I can say a brand of WWE might have the best women's wrestlers or the best collection of women's wrestlers in the world. And that's on Monday Night Raw. Like SmackDown needs a lot of work, but they did put in some work with Ronda Rousey. Another course correction, Ronda Rousey going heel even though she was absolutely right, and my way was better to turn her we'll heel. There. You we'll turn her there. heel. You turn we'll, her heel. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get the no, coming you, up. I, I'm saying this now. You <laughs> turn her heel. There was so many different ways to do it. This was not the way to do it. Ronda Rousey is right, but she's heel. That's all that matters at the end of the day. <laughs> it was just a lot of course correction on this show, and we see Triple H has a direction, so that's why I'm hopeful. Get to some comments here. Andrew Dunn uh, saying, uh, more excited for this Raw after SummerSlam than any of the last five Raws after WrestleMania. I feel like this is going to be a, a Raw after Mania type show. I I, I, I just feel like Triple H is going to have something up up his sleeve. And yes, I'm genuinely excited to watch it. And I'm, I'm genuinely excited to talk about it next week. Uh, just to give you guys kind of a, a heads up here. Uh, I've been burning the candle at both ends since since launching this channel. I'm just coming off of travel. It took me seven hours to get home because of construction and delays and stuff like that. I knew we needed to talk about this today. I'm taking the week off. Uh, after today, I'm taking the rest of the week off. We're going to be back next week. Better than ever. I still got more stuff coming out uh, from my trip to Nashville. Uh, my interview with Champa is up there right now. Always love getting to talk to him. That was a great chat. You can check that out. I'm going to have conversations with uh, Drew Mac, not Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley and uh, Damian Priest. Those are going to be dropping here on the channel soon. I would have had one with uh, Jimmy Hart, but I forgot to turn my audio on when I did that. So uh, that one is uh, unfortunately been scrapped. I am a, I was a hot mess this weekend. I needed, I needed a break, man. I need a break uh, after today. Joshua was saying Dakota and EO coming back was the highlight of the show to me. Also cool to see Bailey back. It was so great to see Bailey back. Like, Bailey getting injured and taken out right before fans came back. Like after she was for whatever reason left off of the 37 card, like she was a wasn't even named the host of WrestleMania. Like she she was a glorified third host and basically took over the role from Hogan, right? Like because to appease the fans because the the internet community which is all WWE had to go off of at that point was like, why the fuck are you leaving Bailey off of this damn card? Are you insane? She's been doing the best work of her career. She has helped carry you guys through the pandemic. Fuck, she was the MVP of the damn pandemic, or at least one of them. Like, why are you leaving her off that card? And then all of a sudden, we're back out on the road, and boom, she gets hurt, and she's out for a year plus. Her getting that response and getting to walk out in front of 35, 38, 48, whatever the hell thousand fans it was yesterday or the Saturday in Nashville was great. I was happy for her. You could see the genuine uh, excitement on her face to be back. And then, yeah, all of a sudden, man, you, you get EO, you get Dakota. Dakota's music hit and the press box. I love wrestling press boxes because it's not like the NFL or the MLB where they're like, you are a robot and you must be 
objective and you have to sit here and show no emotion. They don't give a fucking WWE press boxes. Dakota Kai's music hit and all of us, except for like Sean Rossap, lost their shit because I know Rossap was immediately like texting people trying to figure out what the hell was going on. But everybody in the press box lost their shit when Dakota came out and we're all like, oh man, you're, there's got to be a third one, right? There's got to be a third one because they're both pausing there. And I'm like, oh, it's definitely going to be EO. I even brought that up on True Heel Heat Saturday morning. I was like, I feel like EO Shirai should be up on the main roster here. Boom. EO, EO Sky, that's going to be kind of a, an adjustment there, comes down. Yeah, I, I think it 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 it, it peaked. No, it's it's, me. it's it's EO Sky because it's all caps. You got to yell it. Corey Graves did a good job of, of doing that. By the way, can we talk about just commentary for a quick second? Michael Cole has a new lease on life. Michael Cole was able to go out there and call the best show that he did in decades because he's allowed to show personality now. He's not having somebody screaming in his ear telling him to get all the buzzword phrases and the click words and this, that, and the other thing. Every time he says WWE fans, like my heart just like melts just a little bit, just like. He's, he's allowed to be a human again. Like Michael Cole's allowed Michael. to be human again, and he's allowed to show that he is damn good at his job again. When and during that main event, when he's screaming, for the love of God, count faster! Count fast. That's the greatest call in Michael Cole's <laughs> career. He, they, try, they tried for, you know, for the love of mankind when uh, Shane McMahon uh, jumped off the cell. They wanted that to be his, his call of his career, but no, that was the call of his career. For the love of God, count faster he was in his bag this was michael cole's greatest performance as a commentator 25 yes hypnosis bro says the faction looks odd together but i'm effing in love with it yeah you wouldn't think that you know these collection of women would work but there there is there's there's gonna be something there that connects the three of them together um and bailey alluded to it in a very very quick backstage interview saying hey look Y'all are going to have to wait just like we did. Um, so maybe, and I saw Stephanie Hypes from the True Heel Heat YouTube channel kind of uh, diving into that and thinking maybe it's the fact that all three of them were, were held back in NXT and were never really drafted up to the main roster and were kind of brought up uh, later on than maybe they, they should have been. Now, Bailey's a different circumstance because she was kept back because she was needed in NXT, right? They needed her to hold that title and to help build up the other. So that's why she was left back. But definitely Dakota and EO should have been up a long, 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 long damn time ago. Joshua was saying the main event in the first two matches uh, were, were absolutely great. The rest was not step in the right direction, though. Again, definitely some lulls uh, in the middle. Some timing issues uh, reported with uh, Logan Paul and Miz. That ran late, which made them cut down on the Ronda Rousey Lib Morgan match. Uh, we will uh, we'll get to all of that. Santo saying good morning to the Do Best Podcasters. Thank you. Uh, your show always uh, helps my days uh, get better since I have many, many bad days. Well, we're sorry, Santo. We're glad that we can help out in any way, shape, or form uh, that, that we can uh, for sure. Shout and out. Shout out to Santo because he made me discover that the Brock tractor spot is a GIF. So I'm going to be using that a lot. Thank you, Santo, <laughs> for showing me that the Brock tractor spot is a GIF. He can, he, the, one of the MVPs of the show was, was the tractor, by the way. Yes. 
Uh, absolutely. Uh, Ricky saying the crowd wasn't all that fired up. I'm, I'm assuming if you mean when Dakota and, and EO came out. And again, I think you're going to get that though, because not everybody watches NXT, right? Like that's, that's the thing you take with NXT call-ups and moving people up is you have to get them, give them time to get over on the main roster, which is why I don't think even though she's been impressive in the ring at times, Raquel Rodriguez is getting over. They haven't done anything with her. They haven't given her the a reason for the fans to invest in her. So while she should be a top-level baby face, actually, she should be a heel, but you were trying to make her a baby face, smiling and walking down to the ring. And this, All doubts, by the way, will be removed for me if on SmackDown, if Raquel Rodriguez comes out and she ain't smiling no more. That's how I know. If, if he does a double turn where he turns Shotzi babyface and Raquel healed, then we know he's really doing this big old course correction on everything. Yeah. And I think also, Ricky, it's twofold with what Rick said. You know, they're from NXT. They're not known by like a lot of the casual fans. And two, it's an open air stadium. Those yeah. those never sound good when it comes to big reactions. But uh, apparently from the people that were there on the on the floor or, or in the stands, they said that EO got a bigger pop than Dakota, which is understandable because EO Shirai had a 304 day reign as NXT Women's Champion, while Dakota Kai is arguably one of the greatest to never win the NXT Women's Championship. One of, well, I would say one of the top, probably the top three. Right, I would think of the women. The other of- two was in the ring. Becky yeah, Lynch exactly. Bianca Belair. Exactly, one hundred percent for sure. So after all of this goes down to open up the show on uh, first on Saturday, Triple H tweets out, "We're just getting started." I'll throw this in there as a last second question. What would you like to see next uh, out of Triple H? If there's something maybe he could do tonight, or something that he could do on SmackDown, you talked about turning Shotzi babyface and Raquel possibly heel and do a course correction there. Is there something, whether major or minor, that you would like to to see uh, Triple H do next? Bray Wyatt. I want to see Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. That would be the big one for me. Like people talking about, you know, I know Meltzer speculated that he's heard from AEW people who would be more open in a WWE run, not at Triple H. Those are all fine and dandy, but we don't want Tony Khan to cut more promos about how long he has people under contract. So let's just talk <laughs> about people that are available in WWE to bring back that are free agents. And the big one for me is Bray Wyatt. That would show a lot. I expect people like Johnny Gargano, Killer Cross. Now that Dakota's back, I could see someone like Killer Cross that was released coming back to, to WWE. Those are all great. Those are all, and he, he will use them a lot better than Vince McMahon did use them or would use them. But Bray Wyatt is the biggest star possible. He could bring back into play and put him in a prime position. That would be even better. This was uh, something this is something I'm going to bring up uh, a little bit later, kind of diving into it once we get into the, the five count here momentarily. But I'm sitting there in the press box on Saturday and all of a sudden something just hits me because like once Dakota came back, right, like that was the sign to me that, oh, shit, anything might be anything might be possible here. And I, I walked over to my buddy Graham Matthews from Bleacher Report and I sat down. and I was like, OK, so I'm not saying this is going to happen, but. Roman's been champ for two years. Remind me 
Who was the champion when Roman won that belt and who never got his rematch? I'm just saying. I, I, I wasn't going to put that out there in the Twitterverse because I didn't want to be totally wrong, and I would have been because the way that they ended that show last night or on Saturday, excuse me, was, was, was great and all. But, man, had, had they had Bray Wyatt come out at the end of the show and do that face-off like they had did with Brock last year and Roman at SummerSlam, we would have been doing an emergency podcast like that night with me just losing my damn mind, right? Like, I, that is what I want to see. That would be, like, the biggest fish out there. That would be, like, the biggest get that Triple H could get. And whether it's, you know, him reinventing himself, whether it's him with The Fiend, whether they he realigns with Alexa Bliss and probably gives her some direction, whatever they want to do with him, just him getting back, again, would be a true big sign. But again, I'm all for I'm all for something for for taking the slam dunks too. I Johnny Gargano coming back. I I put this out on Twitter yesterday. You can follow me by the way at Ricky Chino. Follow him at True Heel SP3 for those who are listening on the podcast. Um, Johnny Gargano coming back and and feuding with Austin Theory makes all the sense in the world to me. Uh, Johnny kind of coming back on Monday Night Raw uh, as a babyface, trying to to slap down the the cockiness and and kind of put Austin Theory in check as his quote unquote dad from NXT makes a ton of sense for me. And then theory can, can be a total dick and say, no, basically do the storyline they should have done with Ray and Dominic, uh, but do it with, with Johnny and, and theory here. And maybe that can lead to a match over the briefcase. I don't know. Whatever you want to do uh, with, with theory in that briefcase. I'm not sure we'll get to that, but just a slam dunk, like bringing Johnny Gargano back as a, as a, as one of your top baby faces, whether it's mid card or, or move them up to the main event scene later on. That, to me, is something I, I really would like to see next. I want to see Johnny Gargano back. All I would say is that that idea sounds nice, but, man, do, do, do does any of these fans or you care about SmackDown? SmackDown needs something. <laughs> like, if you're going to bring someone back, put them on SmackDown, please, because <laughs> this show that we have to review each and every week, is they still didn't, they didn't do anything to make me feel better about that. That's why I said I still have my doubts because it's, it's, it's very apparent after one show from Triple H that he does care about Raw more than he thinks that Raw is more of an issue than SmackDown because he did a lot of course correcting in addition to Raw. It didn't do jack crap for SmackDown yet. So here's the other thing we got to remember about that. The draft is right around the corner. The draft is right around the corner. There's going to be some shakeups, possibly some splits. We'll get into all of that, but uh, we're a little late, so let's go ahead and dive into this, shall we? It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. There was a really, really strong image in that opening segment at SummerSlam. Once you had the new Bailey faction in the ring. And then Becky came in and was like, let's F and go. And you just see like the string of five of them looking like something straight out of civil war, like Avengers civil war energy going down there. But man, you look at the odds three to two. I'm looking ahead to clash at the castle going, all right, if Becky can go, that's a, Again, a major concern with me with that shoulder. But let's just assume that she can go. I'm looking at possibly a six-person tag match at, at, in Cardiff between this faction and Bailey and Becky 
And whom, SP3, who is the third woe man? Bianca, Becky, and whom? Who would you put in that situation there? Asuka. That, that's it a big time right? slam dunk for, for it has Asuka. To be, right? Yeah, because we 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 need Asuka versus EO. So this is the perfect, perfect segue to that. You know, you know, the crazy thing is that Asuka and Kyrie saying were a tag team on the main roster for a year, and they knew Kyrie was leaving, and we never got Kyrie versus Asuka. So they better pull the trigger very fast on on EO versus Asuka. And I feel like that's the best segue. She's kind of lost. She's been doing nothing after you know ending her rivalry with Becky. And that would be the real sign that Becky has progressed and she's with the two women that she has put her faith in, in Bianca Belair, who she shook hands with, and then Asuka, who she gave the Raw Women's Championship to when she went off to be a mother. I think that would be the perfect three to verse the new stable of Bailey, Dakota, and Io. As ridiculous as the Ronda heel turn was, because I do agree with you, uh, and we'll we'll get to that. Trust me, I'll, I will let you go off on that. I thought the Becky Lynch babyface turn was was booked about as perfect as as you could as you could do it. Um, you know, I lost, I lost clean. I respect the hell out of this woman. She's been saying great things about me. I can now say great things about her. It was a, uh, it was very Blackpool Combat Club esque, right? Like we just went to battle for a year over this damn championship. I got the better of you. You got the better of me. We're two of the baddest chicks in this entire effing company. Screw that. We're two of the baddest performers, period, in the entire effing company. Like, I have no reason to hate you. I have no reason to be mad at you anymore. We put it all out there. Let's shake hands and call it a day. Then all of a sudden, you get a three-on-one attack, and Becky, like I said, you know, don't bully my little sister energy just dives right back into the ring and is like, no, we're not going to have this. You want to go? I'm going to fight next to her. By the way, Bianca's in facial expressions throughout that entire thing made that whole segment. She is in complete shock and almost awe with, with the three of them there. And then Becky rolls up alongside of her and she's just like, uh, is this happening right? Oh shit, this is ha- let's go. This is happening right now. Let's do this. She was the MVP of that whole segment. Uh but yeah, man. I I want to see Becky now try to mend those fences with Asuka. Cuz this is somebody else that she has been fighting with since she has come back and is arguably her greatest rival. That's a question for another one down the road because I feel like Becky has a ton of great rivals now. But Asuka is one of her best rivals in all the time. I just want to see her show up on Raw tonight and just have some kind of like little segment there with with Asuka where she just kind of like does a stare down with her. And then she just just does like one of these desperation ludge hugs. It's just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything. And then Oscar's just standing there like, what the fuck is going on? Is this really happening right now? I just want some kind of like little segment there where she just apologizes for everything. And maybe Oscar gives her a little pat on the head or something like that. But it has to be Oscar because this has to lead to Oscar and EO at some point. Bailey's group should go over in Cardiff. If this is a, a triple threat match or it's a six one trios match, whatever the hell you want to call it um, that they do. But yeah, 100% slam dunk. It, it's got to be Asuka. Again, I just hope Becky is okay because this would be like the the first real adversity for Triple H if 
let's just say she separated that shoulder. If she separated her shoulder, first off, finishing the match, going an extra 12 minutes, total badass, and it was a great match uh, even with that. But if it's a separated shoulder, she's looking at two to 12 weeks on the shelf. Like, I remember, not, not to compare the situation here, but I remember when I was training, the first time I took a flapjack, I landed on my, my shoulder wrong, separated the hell out of it, and it still bothers me on a rainy day, and that was 18 months ago, all right? So, you know, you just hope and pray. It didn't look great, but she was able to finish the match. So let's just hope that now that they've set all this up in motion, Triple H doesn't have to call an audible and, and do something uh, completely different. Uh, one name uh, that Hypnosis Bro brought up, he said, smart decision, in my opinion, opinion is Tegan Knox. I wouldn't be surprised if Tegan's another name that they uh, they look to to bring back. She is somebody who has said before that, she didn't really see a place for her on the main roster the way things are, were currently booked. But with Dakota back, yeah, I think Tegan would be a great addition to, to the SmackDown roster. There you go, SP3. Bring her back to the SmackDown roster. Yeah, yo, y'all want another person to come back <laughs> and go on Raw? Like, yo, like, I swear, Rick and y'all, y'all don't care about SmackDown. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, like, oh, oh, I only watch on Mondays. I don't care about Friday nights. Bring Tegan back and put her on Raw, too. What the hell? Let's talk about SmackDown. SmackDown women's title match. Uh, reportedly, Brian Alvarez was was cut uh, down on some time because Miz and Logan Paul ran long. I got some opinions on that. I agree with him. Cut some damn video packages. Not the damn matches. Did we really need a three-minute Charlotte okay. promo? Like, what the fuck? I, I I, I no, I'm okay with that. That was great. That was a great, great set. The the segment that you cut, and I'm sorry, Seth Rollins fans, is that Seth and Rit? Why, why cut the match? Why postpone the match and then do that? I'd rather you had done that on the pre-show where you just had freaking sixty minutes of talking. Why won't you do Riddle just showing up in the middle of the pre-show and being like, "Seth, you we're not gonna be on the main show, so I want you right now." So something of note happens on your damn pre-show. Put that on the pre-show. Don't put that on the main show. That would just that just pissed me off that that was what he did in place of a match. Here's my question. The premium live event. Is there a hard out they got to hit? Like, who cares? Who cares if you put an extra three minutes on the show? Is anybody going to complain? No, they're not. I don't know why you had to cut anything, to be honest with you. But I would say cut something that, that doesn't matter. You ran a Kevin Owens vignette that was three minutes long. You ran a Charlotte vignette that was three minutes long. Those are the things that should be pulled first. Uh, if you're talking about cutting time down uh, on matches, uh, but I didn't mind, by the way, the Seth Rollins thing on on and Riddle on the main show, and I actually kind of get that because this kind of does heat it up just a little bit more. Maybe if they do it this does, match, Cardiff, maybe for you, not for me, and not what I saw on on Twitter. A lot of people were just like, "Why? Like, why is was that the idea? Like." You you teased it. You did the whole thing on Twitter that made people get their hopes up that you were going to do something in his place. Even if it wasn't a match with a right. mystery opponent, you would do something worthwhile or at least have them actually brawl instead of a two-minute segment that was basically the same ending as we've seen on Raw between these two multiple different times. There was nothing. This was nothing. This yeah. was it was so it was so anticlimactic that you shouldn't have just scrapped it altogether. It was pretty much done so Seth Rollins' music could play. Like that was that was pretty much why it was done. 
to be completely honest. Yeah, I don't know why this match was pulled. Uh, there were other matches that could have been pulled. They weren't going to pull the Judgment Day match because that was Edge's big return, uh, which was which was fine. You know, it was fine. They gave him the Cody Vader. He came up as some kind of version of rated R superstar brood edge combo mix there. So we'll see how that, how that goes. Probably going to get a uh, edge and Mysterios versus judgment day match in Cardiff. And I'm, I'm totally fine for that. And the judgment day should go over, even though they, they lost, they lost this match, but let's talk about live and Rhonda. It was cut down. It was booked uh very, very, it was interesting how this was booked. Uh, it was about four minutes. Liv got her ass kicked for most of the match and then won in a very, very fluky fashion. Now she showed a lot of guts. She showed a lot of determination by, by powering out of, of three separate arm bars before she finally was able to put the leverage on, on Rhonda. I mean, how many people, how many times has Rhonda put in that arm bar and people immediately go eh, and immediately tapped out. So at least they gave Liv that, but I don't know what this booking did for Liv. She gets the, the roll-up victory, even though she tapped out before the three count was there. Ronda gets pissed, attacks Liv at the end of the match. She turns heel. So at the end of the day, SP3, we got what we needed. Liv is still the champ. Ronda is the heel. I know you want to say some stuff. The journey getting there uh, had some issues. I made that face like, um, because one is a very loosely turned <laughs> word when it comes to Liv Morgan. And I saw her little promo where she was all happy. It's like, I retained, at least I retained. You come off like a heel being happy for that type of win. Like, you lost. You lost, my dude. You tapped out before you, you pinned Ronda. One, two, three. Like, my way was better. And I, I you know me, I don't like, fantasy booking i don't like booking for wwe but i had people tell me oh no Liv needs to win it just doesn't matter how she wins she needs to win no my booking was better in that ronda rousey should have not been able to beat Liv morgan to the point that she would get frustrated get disqualified and turn heel you get the same result but at least with my bookie, that puts over Liv Morgan because Ronda couldn't beat her. Yeah. <laughs> she beat her and then got, got mad, rightfully so, that the referee missed the call. Why is all these referees incompetent? Why is that a <laughs> why is that an angle since money well, in the bank? To be fair, the, that's the, an angle across the, all sports. That's real life. Umpires suck. NFL referees suck for the most part. Soccer officials suck. What's another sport? NBA officials? Come on. They don't call traveling anymore. You know that, SP3. <laughs> Every referee is incompetent. Liv Morgan looks even more like a fluke champion. Ronda beat her. That's all that matters. That's, that's all that matters to me. Ronda is right. Ronda is the baby face <laughs> in this situation. And I don't think, I don't think anyone realizes it. Joshua bringing up a good point. They could have cut Kane announcing the attendance. Drew McIntyre? No, I'm sorry. I don't agree with you, Josh. He's from, he, is, he lives, not from, but he lives in Nashville. Sheamus also lives in Nashville. That match, which was, as far as WWE is concerned, that Donnybrook match was the third best one of the entire weekend. It was 1A, 1B, main event, Becky and Bianca, and then Sheamus and, and Drew. That was the, those were the top three matches from the entire weekend. 
They set the tone. That match should have been for WWE. That match should I I said that. That match should have been on the card in front of their the the hometown crowd. And the fact that it wasn't, at least they gave Drew like a moment. Is my lights going out here? At least they gave Drew a moment to go out there and talk in front of his uh his hometown crowd and and hype him up. And I was I was laughing my ass off during that Drew promo. I know everybody's excited for Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns for the first time ever in Nashville at Nissan Stadium in front of, and he picks out the little kid in the front row, in front of Colt, and then we get a Colt fan uh, chant from the fans, which that was great for that little boy. So I, I love that moment. That was great for me having Drew cut. But, yeah, I don't need Kane. The mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. I don't need his ass out there announcing the attendance. You absolutely uh, could have cut that. Uh, hypnosis, bro. Liv, unfortunately, looks like a, a fluky, lucky champion. Beats Ronda at Money in the Bank by a roll-up, and now she won because the ref missed her tapping. Yes, uh, that is not booking that I like. That is This is exactly what they did with Nikki A.S.H. last year. It was all about proving that she's the champion after she, she won Money in the Bank. I, I did not have confidence that they would have Liv be the first person to beat Ronda clean. Ronda still does not have a clean loss in, in WWE. She has been beaten four times, and there is an asterisk on all four losses. We'll see how things progress from here. I feel like this, this booking was, was maintenance. It was, we got to get Ronda back to being a heel. So this is how we're going to do it. We have four minutes. This is the best way. I do love your idea of her. Uh, of giving me a 13 minute match where Rhonda just can't beat her and finally gets pissed off and, and ends up getting disqualified because she should be able to beat Liv Morgan and she just can't. I think that would have made uh, Liv come off and look uh, a lot better. So let's get some better booking there. And to your point, SP3, yes, SmackDown needs some help. Uh, they, they, they're missing something. They need something badly. Man, can we get Alexa Bliss over on SmackDown? Like, I feel like Alexa Bliss is going to get lost. Uh, on raw now she's already been lost like she's talking about i got next uh for the for the raw women's championship you got three new challengers that have just lined themselves up in front of alexa bliss so let's move her I over need, to i need i need probably need SmackDown yeah i need money. i think becky's gonna move to smackdown because now that they course corrected and put her and ronda in the right position you need to start building to that at wrestlemania 39 and I need the entire Judgment Day, including Rhea Ripley, over on SmackDown to get, to get some, so they can start winning and get a refresh, a refresh button. One hundred percent. All right, let's talk about that main event, that absolutely batshit insane main event uh, that made Brock Lesnar look like this unstoppable freaking monster. I mean, he took how many shots with the briefcase? How many shots with title belts? And then eventually they had to just bury him underneath shit and i'm talking about roman and and the usos paul Heyman got involved he got f5 through a table which was fantastic we've been waiting for 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 brock to kind of get his hands uh on paul Heyman. so there was some closure there austin theory tried to cash in he ended up getting his ass whooped before he could do it so i thought that was a great way to utilize theory uh in the main event without actually having him waste the briefcase and ruin a cash in and try to make a last man standing match, a triple threat. And then once again, in, in grand fashion, you had Roman Reigns standing tall, now 700 plus days as the undis as at least the universal champion. 
but he remains the WWE Undisputed Universal Champion. SP3, this was a match nobody wanted to see again. This was a match not a lot of people were excited for, except for the hardcore uh, main casual fans. You know, they're, oh, we're getting Brock Lesnar, yay! Uh, those kind of fans, they were excited for this match. I was, I almost left early to avoid traffic. Like, that's what I did, but I stayed because I wanted to see if there was some kind of surprise at the end. The surprise was the match. The surprise was the match because it was in, it, it left the WrestleMania match in the dust. To me, this felt like the epic blow-off that we should have gotten at WrestleMania. So in this case, this was a make-good. This had memorable moments. This had shit that I had never seen before with the tractor lifting up the ring. Thank God Roman Reigns uh, landed that bump correctly. Ba basically gave a German suplex to himself. Uh, and then all he had to do at that point was avoid the ring post down at the end. And he did it flawlessly. This was insane from start to finish. This to me feels like the epic conclusion. But I could also see WWE circling back around and doing it one more time down the road. Which did this feel? What do you think is more likely? Epic conclusion or WWE is going to revisit this at some point down the road? Cody versus Seth, Hell in a Cell. Bianca, Becky, WrestleMania, Street Profits, Usos, Money in the Bank. Those are the only matches on par or better than Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam 2022. This was a spectacle that <laughs> just had to be seen to believe. Like, Brock, the fact that they were able to do stuff that you never seen before and give us the strange love child of the Big Show Brock ring explosion and Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin's beer truck with that tractor spot of lifting the, the, the ring in the air. Uh, just the the way they protected Brock in the finish and Roman doing everything and anything to keep him down, hitting him with each title, the briefcase, you know, uh, the, the payoff to the whole Paul Heyman in the middle of Brock and Roman and Heyman's mini promo saying, he's my mail ticket, he's my tribal ticket, what the titles take the titles. And then Brock could have given them the F5 through the table, the Usos getting involved, Theory getting involved, Brock being, you know, the final payoff for the Brock Cowboy character. This is the epic conclusion that WWE needed to give us with Brock versus Roman. So I'm going to once again use that word. I don't usually work on here. Hope <laughs> this is the epic conclusion that WWE needed to finally shut the book on this. I don't think WWE will circle back to this because Roman Reigns doesn't want to do it anymore. I'm sure Brock Lesnar is sick of versing the same guy. Like, give me somebody new. You've been building up Bobby Lashley. Give me Bobby Lashley. If you're going to give me somebody again, give me Bobby Lashley again. You so think he would want to fight Bobby Lashley the way that match ended? You can give me you can give me another Bobby Lashley match. I'll take that over versing Roman again, again. Like yeah. everything was on the money here, even from Brock tossing the microphone to Roman and Roman oh. catching it so smoothly, so flawlessly. Did you, did you see that little wink you gave him after he caught yeah. it? He just caught it with left yeah. hand like I got you. Good, great stuff. Just all around, this was the perfect conclusion that these two needed to pay off a, a rivalry that went seven years. I know. Don't go back to it. it They're not going to be beat there. it. 
They're, you're no. not going to beat what you did. And, and part of it was is the bar was so low on this because the, the fan expectations were so low. So you were able to get everybody way over. I haven't gone back and watched it again. I plan on doing that, you know, this afternoon. Uh, but they're live, man. Yes, it was a spectacle. They were the loudest cheers that I have heard. It was hard to hear the cheers through the uh, Nissan Stadium press box because those windows don't open. I just got to say Nissan Stadium is a dump, by the way. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> they need to get that dome built. They need to get that. The Nissan Stadium sucks. By the way, getting to Nissan Stadium was a pain in the ass, too, because they had half of Nashville set up for a Grand Prix. So, like, you're literally driving on a Grand Prix track with blocked off streets trying to get the Nissan. This was a clusterfuck just trying to get into the stadium. Uh, yeah, and I feel like I got spoiled with that Dallas Cowboys press box at WrestleMania because that's beautiful. Then you walk into Nashville with this 20-year-old Nissan stadium, and I'm like, oh, I got spoiled. But anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Yeah, this just felt like an absolute uh, spectacle. There's no way they're going to beat this. They're just not. Um, so why even try? I think this, this people always remember what happened last, right? They remember how it began. They remember how it finished. This is the ending that Roman and Brock needed. Now let's never, ever touch gloves again. One match that I am excited for. Talked about Drew McIntyre earlier. He did beat Sheamus in that Donnybrook match on SmackDown. That should have been at SummerSlam. So now he is the number one contender. We all knew this was coming. Clash at the Castle in Cardiff. Drew has been the poster boy for trying to get this big stadium show in the UK. You knew he was going to get the main event match. It is official now. Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. Every time that these two have met, it has been fantastic. These two are going to destroy one another in Cardiff. The question is, SP3, right now, I know you're ready for this Roman Reigns title run to end. Is Drew McIntyre the guy to end it in the UK? No, I'm sorry. No. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. Drew's not the guy. Drew's not the guy to do it. When you build this up, give him 700 days. It's like, I mean, at this point, I wouldn't even mind him going a thousand and try to pass some of these because they keep talking about these four guys that have a longer reign than him. Pedro Morales, Bob Backlund, Hulk Hogan, Bruno San Martino. And I'm just like, man, you know, WWE don't want to name all these people anymore. So. I wouldn't put it past them that they would at least let him pass maybe a Pedro Morales or a Bob Backlund. I love me some Bob Backlund. That man put me in the crossface chicken wing one time because I asked for it. So like, I love me some Bob Backlund. I love hearing his name in modern day WWE, but I just, I just don't see like them having Drew McIntyre be the guy to end this reign. I mean, I, I, of course, I would think that they would want their little British Bulldog SummerSlam 1992 moment. So I would say that Drew McIntyre has the highest percentage of anyone that has versed Roman Reigns that can beat him. I would go as high as 30% chance of winning at Clash of the Castle. And that's hot. That's like 
double the amount I've given anyone that's first him in the past year. So I'll say he has the highest percentage, but is he the guy to beat Roman Reigns? Not to me. See, this is tough because I, I like Drew. I like Drew as a character. Uh, I, I think I'm going to like Drew a lot more that he's going to be able to be kind of a little bit more unfiltered on the microphone. I think we... The, the Drew that we got at SummerSlam, that promo that he cut, I think that's what we're going to get more out of Drew moving forward. And I'm it's one of the things I'm looking forward to the most, actually, are the promos and the dialogues for the superstars moving forward now that Vince doesn't have to approve every little word and get all of his buzzwords and click words. And I'm looking forward to that. And I think people are going to dive uh, jump on the Drew McIntyre bandwagon. Obviously, he's a credible opponent. If you look at the realism of this, Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns look like two titans that would throw down, and this looks like an equal matchup. Uh, you know, Drew is absolutely a credible guy, and he deserves to have a moment in front of the fans. Drew McIntyre defeating Roman Reigns for the first time in two years plus in front of his, his home country in the UK would be amazing. An amazing moment, and WWE is all about amazing moments. But I'm I'm kind of with you on this where I feel like they got to make somebody here, right? They This has got, they have got to hold off until the right guy is there. They have to make somebody. I feel like Drew's already been made. I think he is a main event level guy. And I think he will win multiple WWE or Universal Championships before his career is over. Again, I think he will be more than a two-time WWE champion. I really do. Um, if they could find a way to split the belts, I think that might be the best way to, to go get one off. If they could get one off of Roman somehow and still hold on, hold on to the universal championship. And you know, that that continues his epic 700 day plus reign to get to a thousand. If they can pull the WWE title off of him somehow, I don't have the right answer to do that. I don't know how you would go about doing that. I, I I'm sure triple H is trying to figure it out, but man, I, I, I feel like Cody still has to be the guy. I feel like either Cody or a guy you brought up earlier from a storyline standpoint, Bray Wyatt makes a ton of sense to be the guy to come back to the company and win the belt from Roman that he never lost. He never got his one-on-one -on -one rematch. I think even if it's a new, a new iteration, this Wyatt six, whatever it is, Bray Wyatt's, you know, he always has Easter eggs and teases out there. His, his, profile on twitter you know for the last several weeks has had that vince mcmahon quote right i mean let me get it correctly here why at six uh begin again kid it's what you do vincent kennedy mcmahon that has been his status on the top of his twitter page for for quite some time so if he comes back as a new iteration in wwe and he's the one to dethrone roman i think that was that would be great as well but i still think cody is the guy I think Cody needs to win the WWE championship and universal title off of Roman Reigns. And I hate to say that because that moment in the UK would be great. But to me, I don't think Drew's going to be the guy that beats him. I just don't. I don't get that sense. I, I think he's got a good shot. I would say maybe even a 50-50 shot uh, at the most, but I just don't see Triple H uh, pulling the trigger uh, on that. But I could be wrong. We'll see how things go. Another thing that people in the it made me sick, honestly, it made me absolutely sick. Once they lost to the Usos on uh, on Saturday, there were people in the press box begging 
for the Street Profits to throw down with one another. They wanted Montez Ford to turn heel, and I'm like, savages, savages, all of you. No, that should not happen. But SP3, it definitely seems like they're teasing something there. They have been for a while. Following their loss to the Usos, is it time to break up the Street Profits? Yeah, it is because uh, this was the time. This was the time for them to beat him. Like that was the other thing that pissed me off about this <laughs> middle portion of the show. Like I had a I had a whole straight what what was it like 20, 25 minutes where I was pissed off from this finish because what was the point of doing another round of Usos versus Street Profits if Street Profits wasn't gonna win here? Like what was the point of putting Jeff Jarrett in here to make it a worse match than what we got at Money in the there Bank? There was no and point to like, having Jeff Jarrett there except they brought in every legend they could from Tennessee. That's it. That's what they did. And the Usos winning just was just like well, what's next for the tag team division? Like, uh, like, what's next? What do you do next? Who's next? Alpha Academy? No. Um, uh, like the New Day again? Oh, that's great. We haven't seen that a hundred times. Right. Uh, the the new vicious Viking Raiders. Like, what the hell are we doing with this tag team division? The right move was Street Profits to win, even if it's a transitional run for the show and for the long term for the tag team division was Street Profits winning here because for the show at least it puts some doubt into who's winning the main event because if the Usos lose the tag team titles people are going to think oh well Usos lost the tag team titles maybe this is the night that brought, that Roman's going to lose so it, it creates a, a wrinkle of doubt that no one had before the bell rang with Brock and Roman by the time we get to the match especially after the Usos win so for the show it made sense for the long term of the of the tag team division at least street profits and alpha academy a match we've seen a hundred times at least it's a little different now the street profits have the titles back they never yeah. verse alpha academy for the titles they versed them a hundred times since they lost the titles last but they haven't versed them for the title at least that's a little bit new uh you know you got aj styles and dolph ziggler over there there's you could do plenty of different stuff but there's nothing about this tag team division that even draws a little bit of my entrance as it is right now of course people are saying you know we see in the chat john elite like gargano come back and put together diy so we're totally just gonna forget what we're doing with Chapa. cool cool story cool story let's 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 do what vince would do that's basically what you're telling me we're just gonna do what vince no. would do just scrap what we're doing we'll crap no, the direction we're going in to give us something that would pop the 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 11 fans who still love black and gold so no, don't do that right away. You build to it over the course of time. Honestly, and here's the thing. If, if you don't if you don't understand the Miz and the Ciampa thing, right, I'm, I, I implore you, go check out my interview with Ciampa as soon as we are done here. It is only seven minutes long. It is worth your time. And trust me, he will sell you on the idea of Miz and Ciampa. And here's where I'm at. Put the damn tag belts on Miz and Ciampa. Like, that, that's what you should do. That's what you should do. It, but here's the thing. Who's going to give a shit about that match? Because it's heel versus heel match. And that's where I don't understand the, divi- the, exactly. the direction of the tag team division. You don't have any baby-based teams. I that's why you should been put great. up the Street Profits. It would have even been great if Street Profits would have won at SummerSlam and then lost on Raw tonight. 
that would have been better than, yes. than this result. This result, literally, like the only thing that that even had me being like, okay, this is somewhat interesting, is the look on Montez Ford's face after they lost. That was like, okay, maybe he's about to turn. So I think that's we probably are gonna get it that it's time because they can't beat the Usos. It's time to break up the Street Profits. So Queen, sign me up for this. One hundred percent, sign me up for it. I mean, you got to lead to somewhere with with Sami Zayn and the in the bloodline, right? Like Sami's been hurt. Uh, he hurt his, his arm uh, in Money in the Bank. That's a legit injury. Hopefully, he'll be back here soon, uh, which is why he wasn't on this card uh, on Saturday. But yeah, man, I think I think the the odds of us actually getting Kevin and Sami winning the tag team titles at some point just went up through the roof. I know that's something both of those guys want to see happen. Maybe moving Kevin Owens over to SmackDown would make a ton of sense uh, and add a big babyface team to the tag team division that's desperately, desperately needed. So maybe that's what they they build toward here. Maybe that's what they do. Uh, but it ain't going to happen tomorrow. It ain't going to happen tomorrow. You got to build toward that. So if you're looking at the tag teams that you have currently, it's like, yeah, what do you do? What, what, what do you do? Are we going with the Mysterio? It's, they still look entrenched with, with Judgment Day and, and Edge, right? Like, so it's like, are we doing Jinder and Shanky? They're baby faces now, right? Or are we going with a heel, heel versus heel thing here? Dolph Ziggler's a baby face now. What happened to Robert Rude? Like, he's disappeared, like ghosted, done, gone. I don't know what the hell's going on. This this is the next, like, Triple H, can, Triple H comes in, and he immediately was like, okay, the women's division needs a shot of life. And that's what I'm hoping we see on Raw tonight is some kind of announcement about the tag team division. Because now all of a sudden you got you got you got Sky Kai. You got Sky Kai. That's a tag team. All right. You have a women's tag team there. You can do something with them. So now all of a sudden I'm hoping they revitalize and start building. Obviously, he's going to be invested in the women's division. He's got some work to do in the tag team division as well. And I think he knows it. I think he knows it. But man, I don't want to see the Street Profits fight. I don't. I, I would much rather like I'm I'm all aboard with like the new day of like these guys have been brothers for so damn long. Yeah, occasionally brothers disagree and that's fine. They don't need to split. They don't need to have some kind of blood feud. I don't need to see one of these guys go over on the other. If you if you feel like it's Montez's time, great. Split him up in the draft or have them go for for singles accolades together. That should that should be a thing. That should come back. I remember a time when the Hardys held singles titles together. I remember a time when the New Age Outlaws held singles titles together when they weren't the tag team champs. Let's get back to doing that and do that with the New Day, too, honestly, uh, by the way. Uh, Queen also with a good point here. Uh, have Theory cash in. Drew pins Theory. Technically, you know, that way it, it protects Roman. I kind of understand that. But here's the thing. I would... I would do it to where Theory cashes in and Roman pins Theory to retain the title. That's yeah, that's what you could do because Theory's been feuding with well, Theory's been feuding with the entire roster, so it feels like they've been setting something up with him for when he wins the titles. All of a sudden, he's got multiple challengers. That might still be what they're doing here, but if Theory comes out and he costs through his moment, by and he's the one that gets pinned in Cardiff, and Roman f's off with the titles because he beat Theory. Then that then you could close out the show with with Drew just 
murdering a man uh, in front of a uh, hundred thousand people in the UK, and that would give still him, be give him the favorite. give him the Lex Luger SummerSlam <laughs> 1993 finish. He he still stood tall at the end. Yeah, yeah. celebrate him. Yeah, I, I think that would be closer to uh, the direction. Uh, that they would go. All right, guys, we appreciate everybody who tuned into this special edition today. Thank you so much. Got up to uh, uh, 40 live uh, here at the end, which is a, a record for us. Thank you so much. Thank you to everybody who has subscribed to the channel, by the way. We hit 400 subscribers over the weekend. Thank you so much, guys. We just launched this channel back in January. Your support uh, means the world. Pound that thumbs up button. If you're new to the show, pound the subscribe button. Check out my interview with Champa. Check out my interview with Athena and Renee Paquette. And, and so much more is going to be dropping. Lashley and, and uh, Damian Priest are going to be dropping down the line here. So we're going to take the week off. Enjoy Raw. I'll still be tweeting. I just need a break. I, I just need my nights free. I just I got to focus on one thing and just recharge the old batteries after a, tra a long travel weekend. Thank you guys so much. This has been a special edition of the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.